All right, is it coming in on the top ten of the show? We have Sleepyhead. I'm joined by Chris O'Rourke and Rachel McNally. Chris is a singer-songwriter, guitar player. Rachel is a drummer who's also a singer-songwriter. And uh, they have a new album out called New Alchemy, and it's based on the New Alchemy Institute out of Cape Cod. And this was a really cool conversation. Um, one thing that really struck me about this conversation, um, and you guys will know this if you listen to any other, any prior episodes, I dive into songwriters, or dive in with songwriters, and anyone really kind of about their craft and their approaches to doing it, because there's always a method to do whatever it is you do, and like, it's how the individual applies themselves to that method that really kind of like shows, shows who they are and how they do what they do, because there's only, like in music, there's only so many notes. It's how you work on making that you. It's how you cobble the stone to make the wall or the bridge that represents your art or your vision. Um, and one thing I found that was really prof profound about our conversation is their technique or their mode of practice isn't set aside from everyday life. It's integrated into what they do. And what I mean by that is I often talk to singer-songwriters or artists who are also parents, which any parent knows it requires a lot of time and has its own set of rewards. But it takes away from the time you had previously to work on your craft. So uh, I often am curious on how that is balanced because both require so much attention. And uh, what was fascinating about what Chris and Rachel do is they make it in a family event. We're going to go over here. We'll work on this. You play with the kids, and then they're welcome to play. With. It's really – I'll let them explain it better. But it was, it was really interesting to make um, practice uh, not just a set-aside thing but part of life. It was really cool. Anywho, their new album's out. It's on all streaming platforms. It's 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 about more than just the new Alchemy Institute, but that is uh, one of the featured songs, and that's what we're going to listen to. We're going to listen to New Alchemy off New Alchemy, Sleepyhead. New Alchemy. Since I 
New Alchemy off New Alchemy, Sleepyhead. Cool stuff, right? Um, I really dig some of the records that came before, and I recommend you guys check them out as well. The song Life is Hard is really uh, hits home for anyone who has a creative endeavor and has been pursuing that for a while. So definitely recommend spending, spinning that. Um, there's some shows coming up. Check the website. Give them a follow. Um, before, we, uh, before we lift off, if you can like, subscribe, review, or uh, check out any of the podcast platforms, it really helps me keep talking to cool guests and sharing their insights with you. And uh, with that, we're going to jump into my conversation with uh, Chris and Rachel. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. So let's, let's kind of jump into it. So yeah. tell me about, let's set the scene from Britney's, or Brit, the Britney dorm. So yeah. that's where it all started. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I moved to New York City from Cape Cod. Okay. Very big change. And uh, Rachel was actually, we're married now. Uh, but she was my <laughs> RA when I got there. And at NYU, which was awesome. And we lived in this dorm called the Britney, which is this big old hotel that they turned into a dorm. And um, they... It's funny, our first bass player who, who founded the band with us, um, he, we actually, I, I met him because I was in the elevator of our dorm and I had a Dinosaur Junior t-shirt on and he was like, oh, di oh, cool, hey, you're coming back to my room to listen to records. So we, he was with another friend, who person who became a friend, I didn't know them at the time. And so we spent the afternoon like listening to records and hit it off. And then I knew Rachel because she was my RA and it was... Um, you know, it was very NYU is kind of an artistic place. There's a lot of, a lot of musicians and actors and things in the dorm. And somehow it came up. We were talking. It was the end of my first year. Mike is one year ahead, and Rachel's two years ahead of me. So the end of my first year, um, we were talking, and I was like, "Oh, I'm," you know, I I think I had already brought a guitar to school. You had, yeah, and yes. And Mike was like, oh, I have a bass at home. I, I should bring it next year. And and Rachel said, oh, I, my dad played the drums and they're in our attic. And Mike Mike was just like, bring them, make him teach you how to play the drums this summer and bring him. And we're starting a band in the fall. Yeah. And that's really what we did. I yeah. know. I mean, I because I had never played drums before that really? summer between my junior and senior year. So I did, got the drums out. We lived in this apartment building. So that had always been the reason the drums were never out, but I, we just covered them. I said, we can put them in my bedroom. And there was a towel on everything, foam <laughs> all over the place. So really it's kind of a strange way to learn the drums, whacking things with not at all the normal responsiveness right. <laughs> that you would get from a drum or a cymbal, but it did not annoy anyone. So I basically, <laughs> learned one main beat that I could play by the time I went back and then I brought the drums with me and we practiced probably that first week all the time uh, we, yeah. did. we practiced all the time in this wicked hot room in the basement right next to the boiler you'd, yeah. you'd just be covered in sweat but it was we free so we yeah. could just go down there we have to you have to sign it out but yeah. not too many people signed it out. <laughs> we set up the drums down there and it yeah. was cool. Oh yeah, we'd have to bring the drums down from my room every single time we practiced. In the elevator. <laughs> In the elevator. Oh, that's a gig rehearsal. But yeah, it was good. It was great. Our, our first show was like playing, there's like a bunch of actor comedian people who live in our dorm who actually went on to do bigger things, but they had this little variety show they were setting up and they wanted a musical act kind of like Saturday Night Live or something so right. it was right in the dorm and we had to learn a couple songs I think we did a Sex Pistols cover we did <laughs> all the days in the sun yep um, and then whatever the whatever other three sleepyhead songs existed at that point all with the same drum beat at different speeds uh formed the rest of the of the set and yeah. I do remember before, because again, I had never taken any lessons or certainly not played drums in front of anyone. And I remember thinking before the coffee house, I wonder, can I play the drums in front of people? <laughs> I really did have this yeah. moment wondering how it was going to go, but it was fine. Once. <laughs> well, it's, it's once different because you're taking everything off the heads, right? And now it's <laughs> feeling different. Yeah. It's loud. Oh, yeah. right. You know, it's interesting, like, uh, as soon as you plug in or when you see someone talking to a microphone in front of people yeah. for the first time, 
especially comedians kind of building off that they they talk like yeah. where it's right here and you're like uh-huh. no one can hear what you're saying like yeah it, it points up you're pointing out like <laughs> like auto uh audio sound wave wise and like so it's like always learning that those like little things like that so that that does that makes complete sense and to be in front of people to like you know it's, it's such a it's such a perspective shift like so I, I totally yeah. get it. I totally get that. But um, wow. So like in the basement, were you able to pull off the heads and stuff and be loud? Oh yeah, it okay. was. I'm it, sure it, it was nothing it, down there. Yeah. No, yeah. nobody. There was like a maybe there was like a room with a pool table or something, but it wasn't in bother. I don't know. Yeah, we. It was just really deep in the basement, so we could be as loud as we wanted for hours at a time. We would just play for for the for the limited repertoire we had we somehow would practice for three hours. <laughs> you can really hone in some stuff. Like, you know, yeah. and, like the recording shows that you can really take your time on a bit. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it, yeah. It's funny. It's funny. It's like now where we're at, I think we practice almost as much now as we did then, but mainly because it's like back to being really easy. Cause right. we like our, Derek lives really close to us and we have band rooms in both houses. So it's, you know, like we have some shows coming up. So that's, and it's the summer and we're teachers. So we have the time, but we've been playing like three or four times a week for the past couple of weeks. And because it's Derek will just drive over and we just go down to the basement and everything's set up. PA's there. Everything's there. It's great. So best. But those were those, the early days, it was really important too, because we needed to figure out how to play and and then we just then we started getting shows. I think the first show we played was at a place called Under Acme. And I'm almost positive that we just loaded our stuff into these big bins and wheeled them down Broadway a couple of blocks from our dorm and then down into the club. Eventually, we had a, a vehicle. But in the, in the early days yep. when we were still in college, we did not. So right. right. It then, was, so, oh, sorry. In New, what's cool about like some spots in New York, a lot of times they have stuff there. Yeah, yeah, that that is more of a recent thing. In those days, not okay. as much. Yeah. But um, no, that's actually a great thing. Like yeah. we're playing in New York. We're playing in New York at the end of August, and the club has the drums and bass amp already there. So where's the spot? Uh, it's called Berlin. Berlin. That's okay. and it's and it's right on the corner of Avenue A and Second Street, which is a half a block from where Rachel and I lived for like ten years. So <laughs> oh, that's it's awesome. really we played there in February, and it was great. So I'm I'm really looking forward to playing there again. That's it's in awesome. our old neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool was it but yeah, so, so you wheel it in and did that was for the comedy gig the comedy gig was right in the dorm that was so, the dorm. so okay. like in this room so that's like next floor, first floor. Yeah. and then the, the gig i'm talking about was probably our first like real gig where we were at a club okay that we wheeled stuff to and we probably did that a couple of times and mm-hmm. then somehow managed to get a vehicle it's interesting how like kind of easy it is at first. Like you're putting all these hours and you're not really yeah. like, sweating about it. And like, yeah. it's not, it, you know what I mean? When there's not like a deadline or like a recording, like you're in the studio for this, you're paying for every hour you're here. There's like, yeah. it, it's a lot easier to enjoy that kind of like repetitiveness, even though it's not, you don't see it like that. It's, it's interesting. Nope. And yeah. it's interesting yeah. that you said it's also easy now. Yeah. And, setup wise and everything too that's that's yep. the absolute best when you don't have to carry anything yeah it's mm-hmm. so great yeah like, and it's also just as it's probably even more fun now it's we're having we're having so much fun playing it's so it's great so that's awesome. i didn't think that when i was 19 that i'd be you know in my early 50s still doing it but here we are that's great. Well, even when you were 19, like, would you do that nine-year-old? Hey, you're going to be playing in a boiler room. And yeah, you, I know. You know yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's those yeah. checks. And, like, yeah, yeah. I, I was talking with a friend on that kind of topic about wanting to be where you are now and not, like, during the process of it being, like, stressed out and overwhelmed about it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's more of a teaching position this friend's from. So I think you yeah, guys yeah. get it, like, going through yeah, yeah, yeah. college and being like, stressed out (laughs) what but yeah it's it's into it's definitely a it's really cool to kind of have that that counterbalance and be able to be like yeah this is sweet so okay so you're down there what was that beat was it the back beat that you learned (laughs) i could do it (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was pretty much it it's on our first single (laughs) (laughs) yes and the, the the beat on the song play that that okay. was my beat. <laughs> yeah, we went. We recorded our first seven inch. We recorded with Kramer, 
I, who I like, who produced the guys 500 records and was in bong water and all these great other New York bands. And some, a friend of ours just was like, you know, he's just, his studio is amazing. And it's just, it's cheap. It's actually cheaper than any of the other places and it's cooler. So we went and recorded three songs in like an afternoon and mm-hmm. it ended up coming out as a seven inch. It got some college radio play. And then that, then we were kind of off, you know? So from from pl- recording to college radio play, like going like what were, were these songs you guys ha- like fresh for the recording batch, or were these the ones that you've been playing at all these? They games? were like the only three songs we really <laughs> so, okay, so, knew at the time. Gotcha. <laughs> so they were they they were drilled in. So going yeah. and hearing, were you recording yourselves at all before, prior to kind of hear back? No, not okay. at all. So not what was that revelation like? Because that's always it was just fun. Yeah? It was just exciting yeah. and fun. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and it was pretty low key. It was, it was yep. like set the stuff up, you start playing, he he starts recording. It wasn't. Yeah. We didn't go back and forth and spend. I don't even think we ever went back. I think we did the whole thing in one day. I think we did, and then maybe I he, went he when he it. was mixing yeah. it. One time I was there alone after the day of recording, and uh, and I think we did not play to a click track. Okay. I, and I think that probably made sense because the time, there weren't a lot of overdub. I yeah. don't know. Um, there were some. Because I feel like when we recorded the first album that I do have a memory of playing to a click track. And I had never played to it beforehand. So it was really on the spot figuring that out in yeah. the studio. And That's just hard. sort of accepting yeah. that there <laughs> is some room within the relentless click. <laughs> It's it's so hard. It's because it's so structured, and then usually that's the first time you're really, really working with it is when you have to have yeah. buttons on. Was that yeah. that was Punk Rock City, right? The, fir- the first yeah, record? yeah, okay. yeah. So, that was this a studio in New Jersey that that this guy John Sickett found that was had been like a kind of it was not in much use at the time, so it was cheap. But they had a Neve soundboard and some good equipment because I think they had had hopes of being this big i don't even know if the studio exists anymore i think it was called fast tracks at the time maybe <laughs> and then That's our awesome. friend lyle who who helped produce the record they, they he and john sickett just were like here we found the studio it's going to be cheap we're going to go record a record there. <laughs> that's so what we did that's it's really cool that it's all kind of like just for fun like yeah. all this is like because i i was talking with um i forget who i was talking with but the idea of like kind of like things are more comfortable if it's kind of behind something comedic in a way. Like, uh-huh. Right. Yeah. If you're just out there to be silly, you're going to write. Oh, it was, I was talking with my friend who started a band uh, called the Franz and it was for they're, they're a pro public transit band. Right. Wow. So, <laughs> which that's, is awesome. that's a niche market. <laughs> it is. They might be the biggest pro public transit band out there. It's a, but <laughs> they cool. definitely are. Yeah. They've had one gig and it's success, and like they're they're great. But like you know, it's like ride the bus and stuff. It's just the best. Oh, that's I like it. Is that you're in Cleveland? Is that yeah. where this is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. So it's like we need that out here. The public transit uh-huh. in Boston is in rough shape lately. Their drummer goes to Berkeley, so we're coming out okay. your way. He could, he probably knows about the train that caught on fire a couple weeks ago in Boston. Uh, I'm gonna. Someone have... jumped off a bridge. It, 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 nobody got hurt, thankfully. But um, yeah, something bad. Uh, one of the subway cars caught on fire outside or on a bridge. Yeah. And people just had to just get out of it. I'm gonna so tell them not, about that. So they have a song. They, that could be in one of their songs. They could they could do a Boston. Yeah, tell them to just do a Boston Globe article search. <laughs> yeah, a Boston Globe fire train. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but be hiding behind this thing that's just fun, then you're not really yeah. worried about like because right. when you write something, put yourself out there, it is a lot, even when it is. Yeah, it is. You know, and like so, going into it with just fun makes this comfort where you can kind of begin to have these deeper musical connections that are either yeah. hidden behind kind of ego in a way when you're not yeah. covering it like that. So that's that's really cool, and that makes sense. Like like uh, going through that. It's like a collection of your first records, right? It's like the mm-hmm. first three. Um, at first, I thought it was just like one record. I'm like, this one's really long and different, <laughs> <laughs> and not bad. I was like, I'm getting like some kind of like Pixies vibes. Like, when yep. did yeah. like, 
which is awesome because like I love the Pixies, so I was yeah. like getting some like Pixies vibes, and it's like the songwriting was much. It was like a different approach. But when did like vocals come like for singing and playing drums? When did that become like? Was that always from the rip? Uh, it, at first I didn't try at all. It, it just frankly seemed impossible. So it wasn't even on my radar, but then probably when we recorded some songs where, cause I had sung like my high school musical experience was all musical theater. So okay. I sang then, yeah. uh, but I had, I really wasn't trying to sing playing the drums, but then I think when we had songs that had me singing on them, then I would try and I feel for some of those early sleepyhead audiences who heard my first attempt because it <laughs> really, hard. it is really hard, yeah. especially I was playing so fast all the time, as you know, <laughs> compared to our songs now beats per minute. I mean, it was really fast all the time. So I would say it took a good 10 years to get to the point where it was musical. Yeah. <laughs> the, what was coming out of my mouth. And now I, you know, the past 20 years, um, it has become a little bit easier as time goes by. And I feel like I understand how to keep myself sort of still when I'm doing a lot of singing, even though my arms and legs are moving. It's all about like keeping my, my core still so that I can have the breath to hold the notes. And even still, there's probably yeah, still some yeah. duds live, but it's much better than it ever was. I mean, it's a cliche, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. It's true. Right. Well, you know, it's kind of, yeah. it's interesting one with a, you doing musical and theater before, because there's a lot of rhythmic things your body has to does, has oh, to yeah. do. I just, yep. I saw a student of mine do their first musical last night. And oh, like, cool. I've never been much of a musical goer or fan. So I was like so proud of them and they're 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 senior high kid, right? And like they're they're moving all the bits and singing. I'm like, well, that's yes. really rhythmic. So that yeah. makes sense why like playing drums and like singing may even though right. it's not easier, dancing right. and, and singing. Is right. Little. No, no, no. It's true. And I've always said to people who are interested in drums but never took drums well i always encourage people it's never too late try like i yeah. started halfway through college but i do think the fact that i had been a tap dancer in high school mm -hmm. helped me a hundred percent because tap dancing is all about shifting your weight as you're doing all the the footwork and i think drums are similar in the, in that same way definitely because well it's all rhythmic Right. So yeah. you're feeling and like you're saying, like the hi-hat work and the, and the kick drum work, being able to do that with these doing other things. It's like mm -hmm. <laughs> Very yep. cool. Very cool. I so, could not do it. I can't I'm, I'm a, I can't I've not really tried very much, but <laughs> playing the drums alone is, is so complicated to me. Right. But you, yeah, there's some there's you can do it. You can play <laughs> the drums and sing. There's some good people out there. Do it, too. Definitely. Definitely. Well, and I think it's if having a sense of anything musical, you can hone in enough and figure it out. Yeah. And like it really brings to light when people say find your voice. You know, what I mean, like yeah. I remember asking you guys are out of Boston. Are you familiar with uh, the band uh, Dispatch? Yeah. OK, so I uh, I did like a they had a side project called State Radio. And uh -huh. I, I went on that with uh, a tour with that with uh, the singer from that. And I was asking him oh. like. How'd you find your voice? You know what I mean? Like I was fresh out of high school and uh -huh. like, and it, it was like the worst but best advice, which is you just got to keep doing it and you'll find your voice. I'm like, oh, yep. thanks. Like but <laughs> yeah. years later, after just yeah. doing it, it's like, oh, yeah, that was the best advice because like it's everyone has their voice. You know what it is. It's just the yep. shedding of making it work in certain situations. And that I think that expands to a musical palette of not just like singing yep. but you're playing and you're writing voice yeah uh, yeah I, I feel like our band is kind of in the past 15 years has found it more in more than and, and uh, i think a lot of it's been like playing with derek starting to play with derek who's a really great musician and also just like realizing that what we want to sound like is going to take a little bit of work like with like singing for instance like we put a lot more effort into like figuring out how to sing well together and there's a lot more harmonies on our new stuff 
and Derek also bringing like we realized pretty early with him he's a great bass player but he started playing he got he bought a Wurlitzer and started playing electric piano and some stuff and in the studio lots of keyboards so it's kind of really expanded things it's actually made it really hard for us to play live as a three-piece we, we don't really which we don't really do too much like we're playing in new york and we have this guy who's a friend of derek's who lives who's going to play guitar and bass with us um our daughter who's uh, 17 has played bass with us at our yeah. last show and yes. then that sort of frees derek up to play Mm -hmm. keyboards our son who's in college in new york state who's 20 he actually plays guitar on the first two songs on the record that's awesome so it's there's been there's been some just having some extra musicians up there kind of like lets us it loosen up a little bit mm -hmm. right and right. in a good way i think definitely well because if you can yeah. focus on one harmonies are hard Harmonies yeah. are the worst. They're the right. best when you get them, but like, yeah, to exactly. the point of getting them is like, uh, there's yeah. so many minor things you can like, especially recording when you're like, we need to be. Oh yeah. I said it. I said the word Molly Joe. You need to go Molly. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, or you're singing the exact same note, and we're, our producer's like, you guys are in unison on that. And we're like, oh, uh, dang it, you're right. I Let's know. give us five minutes. I know. Then give we're us at the twenty piano. minutes. Yes, we're at the piano. Yeah, but but we've actually gotten better at that, so we can actually do that. You know, we right. can like that's true. But figure it, something out. It's better to to have we the try right, the right part before you yeah. go to the studio. For sure, and definitely, I think the song the song "New Alchemy" on the yeah. new record that was one where the the harmony vocals were extremely difficult to zero in on and I don't know why because most of the time we'll sit around in one of our living rooms and just come up with the harmonies and we're, you know we'll record attempts on the voice memos but it doesn't take that many but with new alchemy for whatever reason the melody of that song was having us generate the most insane they were harmonies but right. they were insane sounding harmonies <laughs> closer to gregorian chants so it's I, I i think i have 20 voice memos of the many many different attempts and finally Honestly, we the, did it yeah and then sometimes you just have to go in the studio and like see what's happening and what's right. working yeah. and having our producer john just be like hey, i'm not sure about that one <laughs> right. so we try to send them to him beforehand but there's always you gotta have a little wiggle room to knowing that sometimes you figure stuff yep. out when you're there Oh, for sure. That's his. That yeah. if, if not, you wouldn't need that. You know exactly. And right. that's that's the beauty of having that outside ear, especially someone. Yeah, who, like, yeah. It's with... really important to us. Oh yeah, that's yeah. night and day because like, um, that's kind of a story song in a way. So there's yep. a, you know, I mean, like, I sh I shouldn't say in a way it is a story song, but like, the harmonies in that type of song because there's like so much lyrically going on. You have a lot of like, a lot of stuff to move with, right? So yep. like octaves and perfect intervals like the fifth and the fourth like in yeah. the octave that's those work and but those are also real you know usually in harmonies you hear thirds and sixths and like things yeah. that kind of bring out the chords so i can see where that right. would be a, a tricky a tricky song to figure out you guys yeah. did for sure though i think it came out good yeah it yeah. a bit of a bird's feel to it and i mean part of it's the 12 string guitar but yeah, it did. We it did come right. out. It we was, were happy with it. It was, it was worth, worth it. Yeah, oh, but it, it took. It was shocking how long yeah. it took. Was I did a I did a little research on the uh, New Alchemy Institute. Yeah, and like there's that beautiful video someone made. Uh, it's like a I think a, a mini film on YouTube, and like oh, it just yeah. goes through through the whole thing, and like it's exactly what you guys describe, and like so you went to that as a kid. Yeah. So yeah. It's, so I guess yeah, so I grew up in the town that it's in and I don't I, tr I asked my mother recently. I don't remember like what grade or I also did this thing in the summer that was the Woods Hole Science School. I don't know if I went with my normal class, but I know I went there a couple of times with like on like a field trip, you know, and they you know, we took a school bus there and the scientists came out and showed us around, showed us all the stuff. So that was like my memory of the place as well as some of my friends whose parents were scientists like were involved in it a little bit like when i when i first like a couple years ago when i was like i'm gonna write a song about that place and it was kind of it's been closed since 1990 or not well sort of not what it was um 
but there was all this stuff online and they they made these journals that they would put out that would be like 50 60 pages long with beautiful drawings and art and photos of people and articles about bring making tilapia fish tanks in Costa Rica and then I would see like my friend's mom's poems on one page and things like that so then I, then I was like oh yeah I really got to write a song about this place so I finally did and I wanted to do it justice there's kind of this vision of this sort of utopian like sustainable community and then Rachel and I were on Cape Cod a couple of weeks ago kind of scoping out for some like well we were there hanging out but we were just driving around looking for places to shoot the, our next video and I was like let's go by where New Alchemy was and see what's going on there so I knew where it was we went there and we pull up in the car and like some of the built like in the song it mentions the Ark, which was this big building that was like mostly a greenhouse that they called right, the Ark. right that's still there you can okay. kind of see it from the road through the through it's very like lots of trees and stuff and there was a little road and with a sign like let's just drive down this dirt road and see so we drive down and, and i'm like yeah this is the place this like kind of looks a little bit the same there's not all the stuff that used to be there but some of it is and so rachel's taking some photos and there's like a beautiful garden and then i noticed there's like a woman gardening and i'm like I was like, Rachel, do you think I should go talk to that woman over there who's staring at us? And she's like, yeah, I think probably you should. So I go over and I introduce myself. Hi, I'm Chris O'Rourke. I grew up in Falmouth and I have this band and we wrote a song about new alchemy. And and, she, and the woman said, oh, Earl's going to want to talk to you. He heard about that. And so the, they had the, this these people, this couple who was actually now they they were very gracious. They took like he, the guy came out. They, they had been there since the beginning in the early 70s. And when they when they ran out of money and the place kind of closed, these people and some other people pooled some money together and bought the land. And they're actually trying to keep the same stuff going. Like they grow all their own food. They were like harvesting rye to make bread. They had onions. They still have these fish tanks and this aquaculture stuff. And they built their own house like right next to the greenhouse. Like a, and it's they have all the archives like bound books of all the things and he showed us all around the place which was super it was, it awesome was great and um i sent him some stuff and and he sent me some stuff and he actually hasn't listened to the song yet because he's waiting till it comes out next friday so um but he's he's yeah we're gonna i i asked him I said, can we shoot a video here and he said yes nice. but i didn't he doesn't know what he's getting into like i'm gonna send him, we're get, we're working on an email to send him like i don't actually think we would get in their way too much but it's no, it's like it's just cool it's a cool place it's a kind of like idealistic you know yeah. and we need it more now than we did in the 70s you know he's he's uh you know just this idea of how can we function without destroying the earth Plus, right. it's just the name of it was so cool. That, and that, that's what we were like, this would make a good album title. And we, were, we were like, yeah, that's a good album title. So that is no and like like diving into it. I was like, like they, they t the video I watched took you around the arc and like, yeah. uh -huh. in the greenhouse and like yeah. those fish tanks. There were like these bubbles yeah. that were like above. And like it's yep. interesting because a lot of hydroponic things are very like topical now like the teacher the old science teacher science teacher we had was teaching hydroponics and like oh cool and like i don't know if it all stems from from this but definitely they would be a forerunner if they were doing this yeah the they 70s. were pioneers of uh, you know they had wind small scale sort of wind power there i think and there's a really cool map of the place, a hand-drawn map that's in the archives of the Falmouth Public Library that you can look up online and you can see it's very high quality. So you can zoom in. They have geodesic domes and the fish tanks and the, and the honeybees. And um, it's it's awesome. It's it's really very cool place. And another like interesting just kind of concept with the word of alchemy is like how alchemy applies musically. Right. I don't know. I, are you guys totally. to, like? Are you hip to a uh, Richard Lloyd from television? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. He like he has this whole theory th that music is alchemy, and he, uh -huh. he has a whole way to relate alchemy to theory in a way. So I don't know, like. I gotta look in, look more into that. I love him. He's yeah, he's fascinating, and like yeah, I did a I did a spiel with him a while ago, and like was trying yeah. to pick his oh, brain about cool. it, and he's like, no one wants to know about theory. I'm like, yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> they do actually. I think they um, do. But 
that's so like kind of diving in like w- as far as like a songwriting process like taking nuggets like that it's like listening to uh, um the album with the boat i can't think of the name of it um of, uh, hold on, i'm gonna pull up my notes <laughs> that's all right oh that one your, of our old yeah albums, your the album with the boat shore. the brighter shore yeah. the brighter shore yeah, yeah. so like <laughs> Going from that collection of tunes that were the first three albums, right? Yeah. And like to Brighter Shore, there was like I know like songwriting wise, it, it seems like there was a switch, and like yeah. and like not that the like that's just part of the process of be learning how to detail things there and like definitely is a switch. I think so. So can you describe that? Like, because the People's I, Band I, is like like this is where it's at. I don't know what this is. I don't know where that the amalgamation, but this is a this is such a good song. I love this song. Oh, Citizens Band? Citizens, Citizens Band. Band. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it is. It's like, the, I feel like that was the point where I think I started thinking like we, like, we can't, like, being just a guitar, bass, drums, indie rock band forever is, is not that interesting any, anymore. Like, can, can, can we make the sound can we go bigger, different? Can we try some different things? I, that's probably the first record that we tried a bunch of different things. We we re- worked with Eric Masanaga as a producer who has actually put it out on his record label. He was in the Dam Builder, so we knew him from that. So he was a good friend. You know, like there's a song on that record where we actually, the drums are a tape loop that we actually took tape. It was going all the way around the, the like, yeah. we were like yeah. finding things to put to so put the tape could mugs. go through the machine. <laughs> It's like a, um, and, and so, yeah, so we just were more open to like trying different sounds and different things and keyboards, pianos and things like that, that you didn't really find on the first three records. So that was fun to do. And then I think, so, and then from there, so we put that record out, Mike quit the band to become a, you know, to be a filmmaker. Rachel and I moved to Boston from New York in 2002 had our first kid. Uh, we had a kid. We like so so between '92 and '99, we put out four records, and then between '99 and 2014, we put out one. Like the next record was 15 years later. Yeah, but, but, which, but the weird thing is the the basic tracks for most of the songs we did before we left New York, like hmm, while I was right. pregnant with our son Finn. Yeah. And then he was born, then we moved. We knew it was gonna take a little while. Dan Cuddy, who was playing with us in between Mike and Derek for just a couple of years, wasn't moving to Boston. So everything really slowed down. And then interestingly, I think it was meeting up with Derek and having him join the band in 2004 gave us some momentum. He also had young kids at the same time. So everything was just moving slowly, but it still felt like we had a purpose, which was learn the old songs, write some new songs, finish that record. And it just took a really long time. But but it was a good goal to have. It kept us playing all those years. And even though in 2014, when Wild Sometimes came out, we thought, all right, now we'll be back to put a record out three years later. So we did not achieve that goal. It's eight years later. But it's eight years (laughs) later. Better than 15. Much better than 15. (laughs) And we did have a reissue come out in the middle of our our third record. Yeah. So we're but we're really gonna try even faster for the next project. But there but a lot but a lot went into it. A lot of because I think we figured out more and more that we can do more and you know I I, I, the newest record to me is but like I'm I I I mean probably every musician says this, but I to me it is so by far the best thing we've ever done and I feel like the next one will be, you know, it's like, I feel like we're moving in a forward direction all the time. So um, the, the new songs are so fun to play. I'm not really interested in playing our older songs. I, I mean, if there are people in the audience who want to hear them, I want to make those people happy. But mostly we're super excited because now the record's finally coming out. And then we have a couple of shows where people will actually know the songs <laughs> instead of us making them listen to our unreleased songs all the time when we play live. That's such a that's one that's such a magic feeling when you're like okay yeah. people are I, it's you spend so long doing music yeah. screaming into the void 
Exactly. You know, Sending yeah. the emails to get the gigs that go nowhere. Yeah. Uh, going yeah. to the places, playing for the people that didn't listen to the thing. You know what yeah. I mean? There's so much of yeah. that void, like, which is kind yeah. of cool because you're always either winning them over or yeah. not. You know, there's yeah, a little yeah. bit of that. Um, so it's always like a, a, a challenge to overcome for everything. And at, if you. I guess beat yourself into submission enough. You're like, this is great. <laughs> like, I always want to have to have another yeah. battle. But back to, but yeah. I guess the forward momentum of, of writing the yeah. next thing too is always like, I feel like, I guess, I guess what I wanted to get into is like kind of like during that process or, not, or during not that process, during that time period, because I was listening to an interview with uh, Bella Fleck and Victor Wooten, mm-hmm. and they were talking about yeah. how like, uh, Bella Fleck has kids now, and when they were touring, Victory has kid had kids at the time, and how that that time is so important when they're that young yeah. because they're only that young for that long. Right, like, right. So priorities shift, right. but like, how do you practice um, a creative like a, a routine or a creative process for oneself during that? Because having kids are so they're so demanding and like yeah. for <laughs> like all the time where do you find yep. time to kind of like do that for yourself how's what does right. it look like it slowed down i yeah. mean it slowed down we still played a couple times a year in boston new york providence but um it's it's sped back up a lot now i mean we got like our oldest is in college and our other kid is going to be a senior in high school. They're very independent and Derek's kids are older too. He's got one in college now. Um, Right. But the reality is our kids are friends with each other. So that made it possible to practice on a fairly regular basis. So our, maybe not every Friday, but for many, many Fridays, we would all, our whole family would go over to Derek's house because his house was set up before ours was for playing music. And the kids would all play and we would practice. And sometimes then there'd be pizza dinner or sometimes then we would just go home. But that really was critical to being able to play together on a regular basis. But also we, we make other thing, like a couple of our song, like one of our song, like can you leave the light on was written on a ski trip where we were with Derek's family and a bunch of other families. We'd go to New Hampshire and Vermont all the time. We were sit, we just always bring our guitars when we go on those trips. We have other friends who play too, who, you know, just bring in, and we were just sitting in one of the cabins and the kids were in another cabin and some of the adults <laughs> were with the kids and, Derek and our friends kind of just tolerate us disappearing for a little while and going, you know, or they listen to us as we're, you know, so it's, it's a lot of just always having your, you know, Derek and I just always having our acoustic guitars around when, when we have any kind of like gathering, we basically do a bunch, we we hang out a lot together. Like, as I said, in the summer, in the winter, and, and it's just, the guitars are always there. So something pops up and they're like, oh, when we get home next week, we're, we got to turn that and that's going to be something. You know? Right. And then every once in a while, most of a song will happen all at once. So mm. like the song, Tony the Drunk yeah. was on another ski trip That's right. and it was terrible ski conditions. Yeah, no so snow. we were all just Rain. trapped in Chris's uncle's house near Okemo. And not a bad place to be trapped. Not a bad place to be trapped, um, but no skiing was happening. And so people were doing various things in the house and Chris headed off into the bedroom with his guitar. And I think you even said, I'm going to like go write this song. Yeah. <laughs> like something was bubbling. Basically pretty much mostly in that day. <laughs> yes. And then, then I was like, all right, Rachel and Derek, come in. I we're going to make up some harmonies for that. <laughs> we didn't write that song. <laughs> so you got to like go. Yeah. We'll call that the opposite of the new alchemy harmony process would be the Tony the Drunk process because yeah. <laughs> we performed it later <laughs> that night. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> For our friends, yeah. But what's really fascinating is like it's like it's not just a, a set thing to go work on. Like some people go work on it. They set an hour aside from everything yep. to hone on like trying to write a bit. It seems like it's so yep. ingrained to how you guys interact with it's almost like practicing in public. It's, yeah, right. it's part yeah. of the it's part of every day, which is really that's really cool. Like yeah. I've asked a couple people about that, and like that, the, the, I guess it wasn't as that you guys made it really clear. I guess like maybe or maybe they just had made time and had someone watch something, but like 
that's so cool that it's so integrated. So, like, how was music like for your kids? Are they like, ah, dad, I get it. Or, like, what are they? It's like, funny. We, we, they, uh, people are always like, wow, it really must run in the family or something. And I'm like, right. they, I guess. I don't, we, 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 they're the, they drove almost everything. Like, yeah. our son, Finn, when he was like in, Fifth grade. Fifth grade. He, he like saw this ad for like School of Rock summer camp. He's like, I might want to try that. And he was not really ever into sports too much. We're like, sure. Yeah. And then, you know, five years later, he's still teaching now. You know, he's still there. And it was really great for him. Yeah, that's good. Cool. And then our daughter did Girls Rock Camp Boston, which actually she just did this past week as a counselor in training, I guess, or yeah. CIT or something. Just and she you know so he played guitar mm -hmm. in high school even drums. in the jazz band in high school and the jazz at the high school they went they went to their jazz they're like really i mean they're so good they they went to new york city they went to new orleans for the competitions and things jazz isn't really either of their thing right. but at school that's, that's what, what it offer, is and the yeah, teacher is so phenomenal yes. but it's, yes. And then Neve just got into the bass and yep. our daughter. But also she... drums. So it's interesting. They each went for a string instrument as their primary instrument, but each have picked up the drums on their own and huh. can can do it. But they can... We've never <laughs> pushed them. Yeah. Like our our son has this band. They sort of, I mean, they were high, when he was in high school, the oldest one was in college called Gap Teeth. And yeah. they were awesome. <laughs> I went to see, this was my most dangerous COVID thing I ever did. But, uh, I, you know, they played like a house party in like the college neighborhood in Boston, like hundreds of people. The doors were open <laughs> in the basement. And, and it was amazing. I was like, I couldn't believe it. He was like 19 years old. Everyone, people knew the words to their songs and stuff. It was super fun. But it was all, it was all, they, they're very self-motivated with it. They're just, mm -hmm. they're into it. Yeah. Me, me, our daughter has like two different bands like you know yeah. we'll we'll come home after school and she's like oh yeah she'll, she'll have friends down in the basement playing so it, i mean obviously it's it's highly encouraged in our house but it's never we i never feel like we pushed them towards it nope i think they just were around it maybe yeah yeah well it's a possibility yeah. when you see someone do it right yeah and when you see exactly someone, and how you guys like kind of integrated that into like this is what we do when we gather with family it, and friends. Totally. It's like so beautiful. And like now it's not just a thing you can do. It's a thing that just happens. It's not right. And that almost it, makes it demystified where it's just like right. oh, you get together and you come up with an idea and you right. just spew it out. Like it's not right. like you go to the woodshed and work on your minor two five right. ones yep. and <laughs> learn how to play over that before you even attempt to play the Coltrane changes. It's like you just do it. That's so cool. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I mean, even other uh, like uh, other friends of ours, close friends of ours play music like guitar, harmonica. We have a friend who plays harmonica. And like so if we just hang it out, having a barbecue in the backyard, there's like a bunch of like non-professional musicians. And we just sit around and sing and like, what should we do? Like, get that get that song up on the iPad. That's not so hard. And in and, and, like, it's awesome. So I guess the kids have just seen that their whole life that like most most gatherings people are listening to music but also often playing music so that's low key cool. but that's awesome yeah. um are, are, are they the kids in life is hard yes yes okay. yes so, and then derek's middle son is, is yeah. uh the bass player yeah okay so. those are yeah that's our son and daughter and then yeah his middle son yeah. That's so cool. That's so, that's yeah. such a well-written song on a side note. Thank I was listening you. to that. I'm like, yep, check that age mark. Checking that yep. age mark. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> the first song we wrote with Derek. And the, oh, and okay. while sometimes the song. So that was like, and so we were like, we've got to have at least a couple songs with Derek on this record. So we yeah. recorded three songs sort of in the final stages. The other nine songs were, as Rachel said, were started many, many years before. <laughs> And I think writing those songs with him, we were like, oh, yeah, we get, we're we got we're going to make a really good record someday. Time to get started on on it. So that's a, well, clearly did. Um, yeah. What was like kind of like as far as like uh, working with Derek, what was kind of like when you see someone's process a little bit? What was something that was uniquely like his that kind of like put flames under what you guys were doing? Does that make Just sense? A lot of it is is. Well, he is a little bit has more musical training than we do. He went to okay. Berkeley for a little while. He he's he can play stand up jazz bass, which he did for a while. Um, he's 
after he started playing with us, he started writing his own songs too, which which are amazing. He put out a solo record just himself on Bandcamp and streaming called Living with a Ghost. I think what he like what we realized at a certain point playing with him, he's like, maybe I should play. Oh, I just remember like I bought a Wurlitzer today. We're like, <laughs> really? He's like, yeah, it's kind of beat up, but I think I can fix it. And and it's, it's, so he brought it over and like like a song like on the new record, some was a song yeah. that I wrote. But the the whole thing starts with this Wurlitzer part yeah. that just totally makes it totally different and better. And I was like, wow, that we need more of this. We need to mm-hmm. like this needs to be part of our songs. And then I, I I also think the singing, like like really working on getting the singing better and having there be harmony parts and things like that. Mm-hmm. He, he real, you know, he was a driving force in that. He's also such a good bass player, but that's almost like the easiest thing for him. That's just there. That's like we just we take it for granted, honestly, that the bass is going to be solid when we record. It's it's um, funny, but it's like one of those things. Like if it it's like a if it's good, you don't notice it type thing. Yeah, like if you play a bar gig and you're playing yeah. for the four hours and like if you're doing good, no one no one claps. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, as yeah. soon as you like, as soon as you like biff one, everyone's like, huh? <laughs> you know, yeah. they, they notice. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. That's well, yeah. you know, having that kind of functional harmony like laid out in a way, like when yeah. you're just figuring it out by ear, you just know what's right. And right. like, there's nothing wrong with it because it feels right. But having someone right. be like, "Well, you should dip down because that's a yeah, right. that's yeah. a seventh there." He can be there. very clear, yeah. and specific about uh, what to try with a reason behind it, which is just then, trial and error. Which we, right. Rachel and I, have absorbed to some degree, and I've gotten a lot better at it ourselves too. From, but it's also like Sleepy had never had a, you know, before Derek there wasn't a sleepyhead practice where we sat there for two hours with acoustic guitars trying to sing things better. Right. So like, and that's fun too. I mean, so that it's like a whole bunch of different, I guess different musical muscles have been getting exercised lately. And I feel like it's made our band better. Like a thing that I've noticed with us is we, it, the, like the summer we play a lot, as you can imagine, because we're not teaching. Um, and then Derek went to Hawaii for a couple of weeks. So we had played, but so like before that, there was like a week where we played almost every day. And by mm-hmm. the end of that week, at the beginning, I remember saying, oh, we don't have that loose vibe. But by the end of the week, I was like, oh my God, we have that vibe going right now. It's so pleasant. It's yeah. like, it's a songs kind of play themselves out right. of Italy. You know, I'm thinking about it. And then he came back and the first practice, we was it was back to like a little stiff, a little, yeah. but, I, but you know, it's come, gonna come back, so. Now it's kind of perfect. We have the show in New York, but we have like the whole week beforehand to to practice pretty much every day. So I think we'll be in good shape. Nice. Well, it's interesting. It's interesting with like just the idea of like harmonies are after a while. It's, there's something you don't think about. You feel in a way. You're yep. like, oh, I know if yeah. I hear it's a six compared to where you're at or whatever. Yeah. And yep. like it's in with most music, it's like you you have this detailed thing to think about. Like, oh, it's a sixteenth note run. Let me play it or yep. fill. Yep. 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 And eventually, you just feel it. And it's it's interesting because it's one of the things that are completely written out so you know exactly how it feels and sounds, but like it's different when you actually experience that feeling, yeah. compared to like trying to describe it, and like it's that would make sense that now it comes more natural from applying that, and like it's it's a yep. beautiful thing like something so theoretical becomes just feel after a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we. We have a friend who is a, the music director at a kind of prestigious high music high school in Massachusetts. And her, she's a piano player, but her kids, one of her kids is a violin player. The other is a viola player. And the, the one, the younger one who's still in high school had a, his, a recital at the beginning of the summer, like just pr- pretty much solo on the viola, one song of a piano accompaniment. And he's so good this kid is so good it's insane and watching hearing him play like this music with no music in front of him so he's played this song enough times he's got it completely memorized but it's not like rock music and there's no it's nothing repeats it's like yeah it's like eight minutes of never playing the same thing twice and he's just got it it was it's just stunning stunning in this in a, in a awesome little room that just was designed to sound perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it was like very 
very very fun to hear that that's so very cool. different kind, different kind of music but right right but it's good. so cool really to good. be able to appreciate it you know what i mean like yeah. it's easy to kind of be like oh this kid's killing what I, I spent years trying to do this thing and this kid's just ripping it you know what i mean like, yeah it's easy he puts to, a lot of work into it right right but, well it's easy to get caught up in that thing but it's also i think it's harder to be like moved by it especially when you yeah. d- dive into the thing into yeah. whatever field it is if it's music or sports right. or whatever it's easy to be jaded by someone who's just kill but you're right you recognize the time that's put into it yeah Yeah. i think that makes the difference um do you guys ever like do do any students ever pop up and be like do you know this band (laughs) for you guys or is it separate (laughs) yeah not so much i wonder if i wonder if kids ask Derek that because he he taught a class that was like physics and music so I feel like that would have been very normal for that to come up but I'll have to ask him um yeah you know like our own kids you know are sometimes surprised by the people we know from back in the day day, you know like you know like our my son is a huge Yola Tango fan and yeah. he he just thinks it's really cool that we're friends with with, with them um we've been friends with them for decades so because you guys did or like touring um, with them right we did do some touring with them yeah I've actually I actually we did a sleepyhead tour with them for like a like a week in the midwest and then nice. we did um in fact I think we were with them when Kurt Cobain died I've remembering I don't remember which I remember that but I don't remember I also I've also was. done some like right when they were like really starting to get big and they didn't always have a crew i i did i went to europe with them for like four shows as a roadie that was fun didn't know what i was doing either but at that time it was fine tuning guitars basically yeah well at least so, yeah so plugging stuff in because they got a whole yeah. other outlet over there <laughs> no i i they're actually I have a very funny memory of that we they played two shows in oslo and two shows in london okay. and i just flew they flew me out there with them to help you know and I remember uh, in Oslo, I went on stage and I played the soft boy song, I Want to Destroy You with them on nice. guitar. And after the show, we were like, these fans were coming up to them. That was great. That was great. And then what this one guy, this um, Oslo, Norway, right? Um, he looked at me, he's like, oh, that was great. That song you played on too. And I said, oh yeah, he wrote that song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the guy thought I wrote the soft boy song. But... Yeah, my students are too young, my fourth graders, to... Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. That. But the high, your high school kids... Yes, yeah, so they, they find it intriguing. What about that the I, people who came to our show in New York? Oh, well, those, yes. But, I, but I'm thinking of my current students. You know, they, they think it's interesting that I play drums in a band and have for so long. But yes, at our shows in New York, every so often kids that i taught back in the 90s who are now fully adults show up and that is remarkable to see so so um, this girl ashley was there at our at our last show um with a friend ian and it was it she had pictures on her phone of the yearbook (laughs) from the year she graduated uh, which, every once in a while uh, there's like a random youtube comment on something of ours like oh miss mcnally was my teacher <laughs> back <yeah>. in <laughs> that's amazing yeah. that's funny i'm, li- I'm <laughs> living for that day i think that'd be a yeah, lot of fun living for <laughs> i got one kiddo who's like he's in like fourth grade now and like i did a, yep. a fundraiser for him to get a service uh-huh. dog so yeah, he'll yeah. he'll point it out he'll be like oh mr dave does this <laughs> i'm like cool. Let's keep it quiet everyone's got phones yeah. like <laughs> but uh that's awesome that's i was just curious like because not too many people can have that that situation you know what i mean yeah. mm-hmm. um so it's interesting that like that uh um that he uh that there was uh um physics you said that a, mm-hmm. a whole course on like music and physics did that kind of yeah. come into this idea of a new alchemy on this album was there any like I don't know conversations. Don't think, no. Yeah, no. That's just a random connection, I think. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. like a, I saw this really cool book called The Physics of Jazz, and uh-huh. like I wonder if he read that book too. Like, is that that? Maybe. Yeah, we'll have to ask him. But it, it really is all physics, isn't it? It's it like is. 
That's why those harmonies sound good. It's like you can, right. it's like a ratio. I know. I, I was reading a little chapter in a philosophy book just yesterday, kind of starting to get ready for the school year. And there was a good quote. And now I'm going to forget the philosopher saying, like, there's music in the spheres and there's math in music. I don't know. It was, it was a very cool quote. <laughs> It's one of those mornings. It's one of those mornings. We're going to get through this, guys. Yeah. We got this. <laughs> Very cool. Well, awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for talking with me. This has been a lot of fun. Um, thank you. Thank new you. New comes thank out you. August 19th. 19th. So Friday. Right. It's coming Friday. Yeah. And is there, so there's that show coming up, which I'm going to guess, is that the release show? Yeah. So okay. we got a, like, August 27th in New York City at Berlin is, like, our New York release even though we don't have physical anything yet okay. we hope to someday but we just needed to get it out and then we're playing in boston on september 17th which we have it's just got confirmed the past couple of days so i i haven't it's like not on our website or anything yet but um and i'm working on trying to get a couple of other things in the fall okay not too far off but we i mean we are our, our dream is and it might be next summer when we have more time because we most of this summer was focused on getting the record out um like like cleveland for instance we could like we could get out to cleveland and Drop you know in one line. of our school breaks and yeah we definitely yeah. will we'll put something our, together our, yeah <laughs> fun diving into your guys's career and yeah. music and like yeah it's fun it's been it was very fun for us to chat with you today we really appreciate it well thank it's you good. likewise and good i look to... forward to maybe doing some shows down the line that'd be I know, fun that'd be awesome that'd be so cool Yo, Spike Spiegel here. You just listened to Zig at the Gig Podcast. Keep riding the bebop. See you, Space Cowboy. Bang.